Coming at you for another week of mental wellness goodness. It is the Integrateness Podcast with Jason and Jolene. Guess which one I am. Why the fuck do you always get to go first? It's always about you, Jason. Well, it is, Jolene. It is. It, 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 this was my idea. It's my equipment. <laughs> Why would it not be just about me? <laughs> Egocentrism, folks. That is what we are speaking of today. And Jason is everything but. Right? As are you, Jolene. Oh, thank you. But if you ever want to start, just let me know. Okay. Yeah. You're more than welcome to. You really are. Like Egocentrum. Egocentrism. (laughs) Egocentrum sounds like one of those vitamins you take in the morning or or something. Or a part part of the body somewhere. (laughs) I don't know. It is the inability to differentiate between self and other. More specifically, it's the inability to accurately assume or understand any perspective other than one's own. When Jason and I were going through these definitions, I was like, oh, that's a nice kind of gentle, well-rounded one. And then I don't think that's what we think of when we hear the word like egocentric and stuff. So I feel like the next meaning um, on the Google search uh, really speaks to, I think, what that fir- what that word initially activates in people. So the quality or state of being egocentric, excessive interest in one's uh, in oneself and concern for one's own welfare or advantage at the expense of or in disregard of others. Yeah, that's I think that's the one most people, even if you just mentioned that guy, that dude has got, or chick has got an ego. Totally. That's what people think right there. Yeah. Right? I remember I used to have this statement back in like my early 20s or something. I'm just, I've, I've been a smart ass at different stages of my life. And I remember like actually saying to some guy, it might've been at the bar or something. I was a little spicier and I was just like, whoa, whoa, hold up, hold up. I got to back up. Your ego's punching me in the forehead. <laughs> I just, nice. I like that. I just walked away. It was just so funny. And he was like, huh? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, idiot. <laughs> uh, I've had an ego though. I've had big egos at times. Like, Everyone punched does. Punched me in my own forehead. Right. Yeah. I think and that's something I think. It, you want you need a bit of ego, I think, if you want to kind of achieve things. You do have to, and you look at people like a Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. or a Stallone, and people are like, man, that guy's got an ego. But look what he's done. He, if he was like a humble person, mm-hmm. he's humble now and is late later in life. Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't have been like the reigning bodybuilding champion. He wouldn't have been a Hollywood superstar. He wouldn't have become the governor. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You can't do that without an ego. Like, you <laughs> just, that's what they called him because he was the Terminator yeah, yeah, and he became yeah. the governor. But so there's, there's a certain amount that is needed and healthy, but there's also a dangerous side to it when it kind of goes too far. I agree. So I talk about that a lot in my workshop, um, how we start like, essentially we come into this world as these innocent kind of untouched beings with no ego essentially. Right. And we learn to shield and we, you know, we talk about this in the roles episode, this, you know, um, and, and we learn to shield and put on costumes and, and different versions of ourselves and all these things. These are all part of ego, right? They equipped us with the skills we need to move forward, to achieve a lot of the things that we are working towards. And that's exactly it. Like we need a bit of that energy in order, especially in, in the world and society that we live in. But there comes a point in our life where we realize how truly unfulfilling that is at a soul level. And every person has that moment of transformation, awareness at different stages of their life. Sometimes we have 20 years, 20 year olds doing it. Sometimes we have 45 year olds doing it. Sometimes it's 75 year olds. And sometimes people are on their deathbed and they still haven't reached that in this lifetime, right? So we, we, we have that realization at different times. And that's where we start to peel away and go, how do I feed the intuitive part of me? How do I feed my soul instead of 
the ego. I feel like there was this um, uh, old folklore kind of thing around the white wolf and the black wolf. One was more like intuitive based, soul based, and the other one was ego based. And I was like, which wolf are you feeding? Does that yeah. like ring a bell? It does. It does. And it's, uh, I think they're quite symbolic in, in indigenous culture mm -hmm. that way, right? Mm -hmm. like when you talk about spirit animals, if you have like a white wolf or a black wolf show up, yeah, it's crucial. Yeah, so looking at that, and like I think about the times where I was fueling that black wolf, but that black wolf got some shit done, you know, mm -hmm. and like why that black wolf was hungry and, and understanding those pieces and then understanding, wait a sec, when I turned to the white one and going like, oh, what happens when I feed this one, right? And things would feel different, decisions felt different, and I love watching people go through their healing journey. I totally get the privilege of this in my office where they reach this point where they stop feeding the black one and they become less victimized in their life. They stop projecting so much. They take more responsibility for themselves. It's really funny because I think the people who are the most egocentric from just my own little research of scanning multiple stories and, and scenarios of people's lives, I think the ones that are the most egocentric, which is really like so fixed in their own point of view, unable to see where someone else is coming from, they often take on a victimization point of view. They often take on it. Everybody is um, against me. Everyone else is at fault. Everything feels like a personal attack. They are on the defense often because, again, you're not able to step into the other person's shoes or perspective and be like, what might have caused that response in them the way this is causing this response in me, right? And they really, I'm like, like they really think they're that big of a deal. Because it comes down to insecurities and stuff, right? it, It's highly insecurity-based. Like, I have a friend who, and I was going to touch on, like, for the next episode, which we're talking about vulnerability, because mm. we already planned this out, actually, <laughs> is um, I was, like, talking to my counselor, Alicia, like, how do I deal with this person about a certain issue? And I'm like, we well, need to be open and vulnerable. And I'm like, I'm not comfortable with that. We can talk about that next episode. <laughs> but I was talking to my wife about it, and she's like, that won't work because so-and-so doesn't see someone else's point of view. They're incapable of understanding any point of view but their own. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand why other people don't think the same way. So yes. you being vulnerable will, will have zero impact. And in fact, it might just create a, a rift. Pick your audience. And this right? goes back to whenever we're talking about boundaries and implementing different ways of interacting and shifting the dynamics in relationships, friendships, work relationships, when we look at somebody who primarily approaches those interactions from an egocentric perspective, they often dominate the friendship. The, the people in their lives might not speak up as much, might not hold the boundary as much, right? Think about those dynamics. Those are the hardest people to implement those things with. And, and they often, it's because they are so explosive in their reactions to it often, yeah. right? Yeah, or yeah, explosive, or they take on a bullying bit. Even if they're not mm -hmm. like start yelling, they're just doing things to nudge you into their way of thinking. And and looking back at all the years I've known this person, it is born out of an insecurity, mm -hmm. highly, right? So it's it's an interesting thing how so that and that's how most people. I have another friend who it's he he's almost the same. He's a very meek person who has not been successful in life, but he's still got that ego. Yeah. To protect him, right? Yeah. And I also think, you know, now as you're saying that, Jason, I'm, I'm thinking about some different scenarios and I definitely, you know, have done lots of work over the last few years of some of these and even, you know, 10 years prior and thinking about some, some friendships lost and things like that. For sure, ego had a big role to play and uh, things like that. But it's funny because 
I think we can have our ego in check in so many areas of our life. But if there is that one person who triggers and activates and we have patterns of like we have behavioral patterns with them, it is really hard to shake that. Or sometimes you don't. I think about one <laughs> one connection in particular where it's just really hard for me not to have some conflict in the conversation because um, there's so much of the inability to look at the effects of their actions. And sometimes it's like, you know, when you stay quiet for so long just to kind of avoid all of that, it's like, nope, now's the time to let her rip. And it and it does appear very egocentric. It does appear to certain ways, but it's also a, also a shift of a dynamic as well and kind of breaking some of those old patterns in, I mean, like nobody wants to be in that state, but sometimes we do have to get there, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, without giving details, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't give a, a better example of that, but I can definitely see where we can flip in and out of it at times. And then I also think, let's talk alter egos, alter, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, because I also think there are time and places in our lives where we get to perform in a puffed out chesty way, you know, oh, yeah. you know, like you can be like the good dad and the supportive husband and the this and that. But when you like walk into your workplace and you get to call the shots and you got this big ass ball sack you're showing up with you know <laughs> you're a big ego pack um <laughs> that is like it's it's a role it's a performance and it feeds that right and i think we all have moments in, in our lives where we lean into the the assets and the traits that that can offer us oh for sure and i think you do it like you say it's usually done professionally um or another part outside of your normal circle where you have to put on a role mm -hmm. or a front. I know when when we do our presentations, my colleague Peter and I, the person, the Jason Hewlett that goes up on stage to talk to a bunch of people yeah. isn't Jason Hewlett that you deal with on a regular basis. Right. Right? Because you're, you're, you're performing. Yeah. Right? And you want to be entertaining and you're trying to get the information across in a dynamic fashion. You know, and then so after those are done, I'm usually bone tired for about a day and a half. Because yeah. it takes a lot of energy to be someone who you're not most of the time. Yes. And it's, I, I actually disagree. It's not someone that you're not. It's just a different level of performance for you. Because I do think that is very much a portion of you. You're you're capable of it. You're not faking anything. No, true. You, you are fully showing up. So that's kind of the other piece, right? Superheroes, this will totally speak to you. Sometimes I do this with my clients is we find an alter ego. Um, sometimes we make their emotional state uh, like an alter ego and we name it and we create a character for it and we help detach so we're not internalizing, especially when there's a lot of guilt, shame and like internalization of things. We'll actually remove it, you know, kind of like hypothetically from them and create this character that we then hold accountable and see from a different angle. Right. So I, like I yeah, and <laughs> that's, I, cool. I, that's kind of what I, yeah. Cause sometimes <laughs> yeah, yeah. people just can't get there. They just, they have a block, right. Or they're too, there's shame. Shame holds us back in so many ways from healing some of these things that are essentially sabotaging. Go back to the sabotage episode, right. Sabotaging our success and our greatness. But <laughs> like I talk about the Peter Parker and the Spider-Man and you know, like these superheroes, that have these alter egos where they perform, right? Well, it's like the whole, that's why I always liked Batman. Because it's the question that always comes up is who's the real person, Batman or Bruce Wayne, mm. right? And there's always this argument made that it is actually Batman that's the real person and Bruce Wayne is the front. Like it's, that's, I find that really interesting. And there's another, getting totally nerdy here, character called Moon Knight, which okay. is one of my favorites too. And he's almost, he has four split personalities, all very different. But wow. they all perform different roles in the character and how he does and interacts what with What is people. that guy from? What's... Marvel. He's a Marvel oh, character. Oh, no. Moonlight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Knight. K-N-I. What does he do? 
He, Has anybody heard of Moon Knight? Please. Yes, there's a Disney Plus series about him. Oh. As well. And he's been in the comics since the 80s. I think the first okay. comic came out late 70s, early 80s. But he is, like, he is someone who was a mercenary, Mark Spector, who died in Egypt, was resurrected by Kunshu, who's like the Egyptian god of justice. And that's Moon Knight. But then um, there's also Jake Lockley, which is another personality where he's a cab driver. That kind of does the investigating. And then there's another persona called Mr. Knight, who's the one that accepts the missions. Like there's four oh my God. very distinct personalities. Do you know who he reminds me of in real life? Who? Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- Ali yeah, Borat, G, Borat, and Bruno. Yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. Oh. It's the same kind of thing. And then of course there's also, actually also Sasha Baron Cohen. Right? Oh, okay. I yeah, yeah, and and then him. And yeah. Then him. yeah. Ali yeah. Ali G is by far my favorite, you guys. I used to run like addiction training and I would always use one of one of his episodes. <laughs> it was so funny. It offended like half the class. Of course. Every time. He, everything he does is offensive. Oh my but that's gosh. what his genius at the same yeah. time. But I can only take him in small doses. Yeah, totally. Have to be in the mood. Like, yeah, yeah. Borat's great but I can only watch like 10 minutes at a time. Yeah, I the Ali G was definitely my jam and Bruno was just like, Ooh, okay, the, the, <laughs> the waxing scene. I was like, oh God. Okay, so we digress, but I'm, I'm more, I understand the real life stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so egocentrism. So where... Where in our life does this get cloudy? Because I, I actually, when, when we were looking at this word, I was like, you know, there are times where on our spiritual journey... And we are truly looking at like intrinsically meeting our own needs and sourcing everything from the inside out and not worrying about other people so much that we actually become quite egocentric and not in a selfish way, not in an inability to see everyone else. But it's also that reminder of like, I'm not that big of a fucking deal, but I'm also a big fucking deal, right? And it's how to like shift everything inward in a spiritually responsible way. Um, where some people will be like, isn't that just really selfish if I'm, if I'm not considering others and this and that? And I was like, this is where it comes down to. You have to choose yourself before you choose the comfort of others. Big right? time. Big. And that was a, that's kind of the point now in my work that we're getting to now that egocentr- that egocentrism has been there and now it's being able to use your own self to help other people. People, you know what I mean? Yeah. To help other people, to kind of be open to other people and what they need as well. Yeah, and across the lifespan, we are born into this like human body this way. We are entirely um, egocentric as infants, right? We demand everything. We are totally dependent on somebody else. It's me, me, me. Feed me. Change my diaper. Me, 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 me. Right? Yep. It really is. For years, and actually. we we come into that very innocently, and then into toddler years, and then that changes, and we, I think, like. There's a need for more individuation and independence. However, that in the teen years turns into it's all about me. And there's this imbalance. And I also think that's like a frontal lobe lack of development piece as well. So there's and the hormones and so many things that are whirlwinding around the the independence versus dependence stage of life and all of that. Right. And then we get older and we become a little bit more humble through our 20s and 30s, realizing that like, oh, maybe we're not that big of a deal. And things get bigger than high school. Like how many times when we talked about our high school episode, it was like, I wish I could tell kids like, trust me, it gets better. And I had a good experience, right? But like, you know, to go back and tell your younger self, like it gets better. Once you hit university, like you blend in, like nobody gives a shit. Yeah, no one, and you get into the workforce and generally no one gives a shit. Right? right? Even less of a shit, probably. Yeah. Like, yeah. And if they do, then they got some work to do because they're projecting and they think that, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Oh, when yeah. there's, there's, they are in every workplace, folks. They sure are. Unless you work for yourself. And exactly. Then, in, in your basement. Yeah. With, with, <laughs> with your best friend. Like, 
on stuff. <laughs> but even then, there are moments. Yeah. But like thinking about that, like yeah. where did you kind of turn egocentric in a sense? Um, and not in the way that you're not considering other people's feelings or perspectives, but where you do shut down the opinion of others in order to trust your intuition, to follow your journey, your guidance. When you swapped from a formal employment setting to the, to your self-employment, probably, you know, whatever. It was probably after the paper shot. Yeah. That's when it's really started. Right. And so then it, and it was a slow, I mean, now we're looking at like, it's by the time this episode comes out, it's been a full decade. Yeah. Right. So it was a slow process, but yeah, there had to be a stepping back. And I think when life, when I sort of started realizing all the shit I'd been through and how much that, you know, fucked with my head and then, you know, being a new father and having to sort all that out, like it's, you know, so you've got this responsibility. So that, yeah, it was that process. So when I kind of the paper shut, started moving into like employment counseling, so a complete change and then just going through that whole process. And it's just kind of coming to a head now where it feels like I'm hitting that self-actualization that you really want. Cool. But it's a decade worth of work. Oh, for And it sure. has not been fun. Yeah, it's a lifetime worth of work. It, it is, once, yeah. once you activate that process, you can't... Like, you never you, shut it off. Yeah, you don't shut it off. You can't unlearn things. And sometimes you actually do have to press pause for bits and remember to live differently. And yep. sometimes simplicity and like appreciate that like ignorance was bliss at one point. <laughs> it was. I even told you know? my wife, like, Jesus, I said, like, you know, because, you know, there's points too when you get go through this process. Like you say, you, you see the unhealthy relationships mm-hmm. and you're not putting up with them anymore. Yeah. And stuff where it's like, geez, sometimes it was just easier. Yeah. Just to be ignorant. But she's like, yeah, but you're much easier to be around now. Ah! <laughs> and happier. You know what I mean? And ha- overall happier. Go back right? to the resentment episode, right? folks. That is what that's about. Right? Yeah. We stay in places that are just not aligned for us. We end up resenting yeah. and taking that out on, yeah, on ourselves and us. others. Yeah, for sure. So it's funny you say that about, about the, the work change. Because I think about, you know, where we acquire ego based on, who we surround ourselves with, roles that we are in, right? So I think about, I remember in my old government job, and I remember just thinking, you know, as a social worker in Kamloops, small town for those of you in big old countries, you know, listening to us because we got millions of listeners here. Um, You're so we, optimistic. I, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe somebody in Dubai is listening to us right now. Um, so I, I, I want, like, I, I would, I th- think about back then, and like, I started in that industry when I was 23, and I remember thinking, like, I have essentially like one of the best jobs. It's, it's a government job with pension, sick time, best paying jobs for a social work degree, essentially bachelor's level at that point. Um, and I remember like, yeah, the ego and the protection that came with that and the status and the power. And, um, you know, that's not, I, it didn't influence my work in terms of, uh, like how you work with clients and things like that, but it does, it inadvertently creates a power dynamic right away. It creates a power dynamic, you know, with other agencies that are also supporting them. And you can almost wear the coat of the badge, right? Mm-hmm. If you've got the ID tag, it's so funny where people will acquire these like ego costumes based on where they work. I, you know, police officers sometimes and, um, yeah, just Fire, lots. Firefighters, yeah. you know, doctors. And I'm, and I'm like, not, not yeah, way, exactly. I mean, I'm just... not saying all of them, but they definitely can like put it on and create this like alter ego well, in it is a sense. Because it is of, a costume. It is. Right? It's like in the, in. And demands respect. It demands respect or there's a certain weight that goes with mm-hmm. having that. Right? Even within journalism, like being a reporter. HR That's the only staff. major newspaper in town that carried, daily newspaper that carried a weight to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you know, human resource workers, yeah. right? They're like, I have the ability to fire people, right? Oh, yeah, I and mean, some of them love that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, think about your life. Where do you, where do you drop the ego? Where do you feel safe enough, vulnerable enough to like really drop the ego and the protection and like sit in the space of somebody else's opinion, preference. A lot of this stuff came up through COVID, difference Mm -hmm. of opinions, all of those sorts of things. Right. So think about that. And then think about the times where you puff up with your ego and where that benefits you and helps you perform and advances you in different ways. And then times, you know, I even just think about uh, like sports or any kind of competitive um, activity that you might, you might play, right? I mean, when you can puff up in that ego a bit, you're going to perform differently. You're going to believe you can do it and not give a shit, right? In a different way. So where does that ego protect you where does it and again protection is a way of you know rejecting and kind of denying ourselves love and and opportunity in some way because we'll just armor up and and uh reject away but where also is it um beneficial where does it come in handy in your life right yeah and let us know in the comments section right that's actually one of the things, and it's funny that I opened with, why the fuck does it always have to be about you, Jason? Because I never feel a bumping of the egos here. Like, we actually are standing side by side, and I never feel like there's... And that's the thing. Like, who do you bump egos with? Yeah. And who do you kind of just, like, dance around with and tango? Um, because I, I think if you actually just sat in that question right there, you know exactly who it is. There's always this one person in a social circle or your kid's sports team or the in the in the lunchroom at work, like whose ego is always bumping you in the forehead, right? Who do you need to back up from? Because you can just, they walk in a room and you're like, fuck, here we we go. go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So think about that and then think about how that impacts you, right? Um, And then also, like, do you just come to expect that from them? And I also think that's another piece too, where we just become conditioned to respond certain ways to people. And we actually don't see them past that. We don't see them without that on, even if they do show up without it one day. And I think that can taint so many relationships from being fresh and in the moment, right? Oh, for sure. I can actually think of someone I worked with who was like that. Mm-hmm. And then you found out like years later that he actually wasn't that bad a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they they were putting that on all the time. When people retire, I notice I'm like, whoa, you're way less of a twat now. (laughs) Hugely. Yeah. And and it's also because they're so resentful. They don't feel heard. They're in middle management positions, whatever these things be. They're unhappy with the the lack of balance in their life. All the previous episodes we've talked about folks. And they're just probably in more alignment. They are able to focus on things that are in more alignment and, you know, when you are not forced to be in a place that's uncomfortable, you are going to just <sighs> drop it all. Yeah. Right? And probably be a happier person for yeah, it. Yeah, totally. So there we go. Wrapping up your latest favorite episode of yeah. Into Greatness Podcast. Uh, we are back next week with your next favorite episode of the Into Greatness Podcast. Until then, I'm Jason. I'm Jolene. Chat soon. Mm-hmm.